Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Several years ago, was talking to someone who was an older Christian than I, and they were telling me about how that God had answered a prayer. And they were telling me about how that when their child, they brought their baby home from the hospital and their baby did not like to sleep. Okay, has anybody experienced that before? Okay, parents here, yes, there's a few of us. Did not like to sleep, and you know, that, that is dire. I mean, you need a miracle, right? You're like, God, please let the child sleep. And so uh, they were praying that way, you know, God let their, our baby sleep, and they had asked several people to pray for them, and they said, Jeff, I want you to know, the next week after we requested that prayer, we believed it, heaven came down. Amen. That baby slept all night and said, I guess angels rocked it to sleep or whatever, but our baby slept all night, and we got rest, and there was peace in our home. It was peace on earth at that moment. And so many times when people would say, uh, in the older uh, generations would say, you know, when God answered a prayer, heaven came down. Heaven came down. I want to remind you that's what Christmas is all about, is that heaven came to earth. Heaven came down. Our first Christmas is a reminder that heaven came to earth, and Christmas season every week is a reminder that heaven is here, that God comes down to us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, I want to talk to you today as we begin this journey through Christmas. Over the next couple of weeks, I want to take you into the Christmas story. I want to begin today by the wise men. You know, um, the wise men and, uh, are called, in the King James Version, they were called wise men. Do you hear songs about we three kings? That they're referring to the wise men. In the King James Version, it refers to them as magi. But these were very, uh, very educated men, very wealthy men. And they were very studious men. They had been told about a promise the Messiah was going to come. And, and for generation after generation after generation, it had been passed down to them that a Messiah was going to come. And sure, sure enough, as they have been studying, preparing, all of a sudden they see a star in the sky that they never saw before. And when they saw that star in the sky... The first thing that they begin to think of is this, this is him. He's coming. And so they begin to, to pack up their camels and, and begin to go on this journey. And, the, and what they were saying was, here comes heaven. Here comes heaven. And so that's, the, that's how we got the title of the messages that we're sharing, this series, Here Comes Heaven. I would like for you to even say those words with me. They're coming up on the screen. Let's just say them together. You ready? Come on. Here we go. Let's say them. Here comes heaven. And that's what they were saying. Here comes heaven. And so they began their journey, and they set out on the journey. They didn't, they didn't just, you know, say, hey, well, we're just going to go on this journey to see where that's going to lead us. No, they went out on their journey to find Jesus. And so today I want to talk to you about how do you find Jesus. You know, I'm not talking about like, you know, well, I'm, I'm going to need salvation. No, I'm talking about how do you find Jesus in your circumstance that you're living in right now? How do you find Jesus? 
And these wise men give us four things that they did that we can learn from, that we can put to practice in our lives, that we can find Jesus. So let's get started. The first thing is this. The first thing the wise men would say to us, number one is this, is look for Jesus. You have to look for Jesus. Look at the story. So they'd been on their journey. It says this. After, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi, our wise men from the east, came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? Now let's read what's underlined out loud. You ready? Come on, let's read it. We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. So they said, we, we, we saw him. We're looking for him again. I want you to get the picture here of these wise men. They're not in their Cadillac, you know, or they're not in their SUV or their pickup truck trying to find Jesus again. This is before automobiles. They're, they're in the desert. They've been on a long journey, and so they've been persistent in looking for Jesus. Now, the problem is they've been following this star, this, this star that they'd, they'd been on a journey for hundreds of miles, and they, they've been following the star, and then they get to right outside of the city of Jerusalem, and the star goes out. They don't know where to look for the child. And so, listen, if, if you're looking for someone that's like a prince, then you, you, don't go to, you, know, you don't go to a manger or a stable to look for a child. You go, if you're looking for a prince, you go to a palace, right? And so that's why, the, that's why these wise men, the first stop they made when the star went out, they said, oh, well, he must be around here somewhere. And so they went into the palace of Herod, King Herod, and they said, where is he at? Where's the baby at? What was amazing to me, this is just amazes me, is that star was in the sky for everyone to see, and it had to be bright in that area. But it's amazing how King Herod missed the star. It's amazing that King Herod called in, he called in the, the people of, uh, that knew the teaching of the Bible, the teachers of the law is what they called them, the, the teachers and the preachers of their day. King Herod called them in, and guess what? Neither of them had actually saw the star. They, they didn't see this. They missed that. They were, they were so busy studying about what the Bible had to say, what the Scripture had to say. They were so busy studying and teaching God's Word that they missed Jesus. And they missed the sign of the star. You know what's amazing to me is that you and I can do the same thing, right? We can get so busy in our routine of Christianity, in our routine of religion. We can, we can show up to church on Sundays, and thank you for doing that. And we can show up to our, to our uh, groups, uh, our SEC groups, and thank you for doing that. And we can read our Bible, but yet if it just becomes a routine to where we never, where, where we stop looking for Jesus and just do our routine, then we're going to miss Jesus. And not only that, we're going to miss the signs of Jesus. And so today I would just challenge you, you know, uh, it's amazing how that we see what we're looking for. When you're, like Rhonda and I, we've been to uh, buy a car. And we would find a car that we'd like that we'd like, man, we've never seen another car like this is the sharpest car around. I'm going to look so good driving this car. <laughs> you know, got my swag on. And then... Only to find out that after, after you drive it off the lot and you drive it around and show your family on the way, you see 15 other cars that look just like that, right? 
Because the reason, you see, you, you see what you're looking for. When our son was born, Tyler, Rhonda had, had heard a name, that name Tyler, when she was a teenager. We had never heard that name again or since, you know, or, or then. We had not heard that name until our son was born. And so when our son was born, we said, we're going to name him Tyler, this unique name. This unique name, Tyler. Let me just ask this question. Is there any Tylers in this room today? Is there anybody in this room? Here we go, right? Yeah, look at there. there was, there's two or three right here. Well, we, you know, we still thought it was pretty unique because until he started kindergarten, we went into his kindergarten class. We said, hey, Tyler, eight people stood up. <laughs> you see, you see what you're looking for. And, and somehow the religious people and even the government had missed had missed this sign that the Messiah was coming because they, they stopped looking for it. And what I want to tell you in order to keep you looking for Jesus, in order for, to keep you looking for Jesus to answer your prayers and move in your life, is that you have to pray. Prayer keeps you doubt. It keeps your eyes focused and looking for God. You see what prayer does is this. If prayer keeps you looking for the hand of God when you don't understand the plan of God. Because that's going to happen to you. And some of you right now are in the middle of that right now. Is that you don't know, why is this happening to me? Why is this going on? And you don't understand the plan of God. But I'm telling you, prayer will keep you looking for the hand of God. Jesus said it this way. He says this, look in Matthew 7. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open for you. Now look at this. Everyone, notice this, who asks. Notice the S. Everyone who asks does what? Receives. Not, one, not just receive, but receives. You continue asking, and you may continue receiving. He said that he who seeks find, and he who knocks the door will be open to him. You see, people who look for the hand of God in everything see the hand of God in everything. And the problem in our culture today is that we've stopped looking for the hand of God. We do our religious practice, okay? We, we're good at checking boxes, but we, we're, we're very bad, all of us are, at times of just getting busy and stop looking for the miraculous hand of God. I want to challenge you today. Here comes heaven. It's coming on the screen. Let's say it again. You ready to come on those three words? You ready to come on? Here comes heaven. And you have that mindset, here comes heaven, and it keeps you looking for the hand of God. So I have a next step for you. Here it is. It's on the back of your connection card. It says this, I will do my best to keep my mind filled with prayer. When you keep your mind filled with prayer, you keep your eyes looking for the hand of God. The second thing the wise men would tell us that we need to do if we're going to find Jesus is this, is seek advice from godly people. Would you write that down? Seek advice from godly people. Look what happens here. So Herod, the King Herod, calls together these people, says this. So he called together all the people, the chief priests, the teachers of, of the law. He asked them, let's read what's on the line. You ready? Come on. Where the Christ was to be born. So King Herod said, okay, I'm missing something. Where is he to be born? In Bethlehem, Judea, they replied. And for this is what the prophets had written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. See, this is what I want you to understand, is the wise men would tell you that on our journey looking for Jesus, 
the star went away. It just disappeared. And there's been times in your life, I'm sure, to where you felt like, okay, I'm following God. I'm following God. God's leading. Yes, I see God. God is, I can see the evidence of God. But there'll be seasons in your life to where it seems like the star goes away, doesn't it? It seems like that you prayed and you prayed, and God has been answering prayer, and your faith is high, but all of a sudden it's like the heaven is brass, and sometimes it can appear and it can feel like that you've been abandoned by God because you see no signs. You see, that happens. It happens when that girlfriend or boyfriend ditches you. You can feel abandoned even by God. When that parent walks out on you, it can feel like you have been abandoned by God. When that husband or wife turn their back on you, it can feel like you've been abandoned by God. When you're going through a financial crisis, when, when it seems like there's not enough money, it feels like you've been abandoned by God. When discouragement sets in, you can feel like the star has went away. I don't see him anymore. I've been abandoned by God. And depression sets in. When all those things happen, you will feel like you have been abandoned by God. The star has went away. But when you do that, notice how that God did not abandon them. He just led them to people that could help them. Did you notice that? You see... The King Herod called together the teachers and the preachers of the day. And even though they didn't see the star, they knew the right thing to do because they had the word of God. And so God, in order for God to give them a godly direction, he had to give them some godly connections. Isn't that amazing? If you want, if when the star... When, you, when it goes out, because you're, there's going to be times that your relationship, and you're going to wonder, does God even exist? And, and it's just not going to make any sense. There's, you're going to need people in your life that when you feel like giving up, that can pick you up. And I want to tell you, God is interested in you getting godly directions by having godly connections in your life. And that's exactly where he led them to. When the star went out, he led them to people that were godly, that could point him in the right direction. I never forget this guy I met. His name is Harold Rogers. This is his picture. I met Harold here about seven years ago. One Sunday morning, he came in the doors of the church and he introduced himself. He said, My name is Harold Rogers. Harold's wife, who he'd been married to for 30 years, a week later, a week previously, had went to the doctor and had a perfect bill of health. Got up in the middle of the night to go to the restroom, had a massive heart attack and died. A young lady. You're talking about a man whose light went out. This is he. And I was like, first of all, Harold, how in the world did you decide to come to this church? He said, well, you guys were doing this thing at the gas station, that pump it up thing you talk about. He said, now, I was hurting so bad, and I just saw this and thought, why not just pull in and get some gas? He said, the people of this church, he said, I was hurting, and they had no idea, but they loved on me. Just as I went in my car, went through the line, he said, I just felt hope. And he said, so I got the gas, and I went home, and he said, I was still hurting, but he said, the only hope that I could sense in my life was a sense that I got in that parking lot of that church. And so he said, Sunday morning, come around. I just had to come back. And he said, I come back, so I'm here today, 
And he said, I'm hurting and I'm broken. And, and my, you know, my wife just passed away and I don't know what to do. My light's out. And it was amazing. We had someone in our church who had experienced that a year earlier. And they made a connection that day. And then that person invited him to join a connect group with him. With him. And when that happened, he, he, tell you, he would tell you to this day, he said, you know, I started going to counseling and that was good. He said, but what helped me more than anything else was that one person who had been through what I'd been through said, God used them to help heal my broken heart. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? You see, God, God, God wants to get you to a godly connection that he can give you some godly direction. Even when the, when the light goes out is when you need it. Amen? You know, five or six years had passed, and God blessed Harold again. I got to perform a wedding with he and his new wife. Here's a picture of he and Sheila Rogers. Isn't that amazing? Isn't God good? See, here comes heaven. God is always at working for you, and he's trying to make these connections with you. So let's just say those words again, those three words again. Let's say them. You ready? Here we go. Here comes heaven. Here comes heaven. The Bible is very clear about this. Ephesians says it. Ephesians 3.10 says, talking about God, it said, It was his intent that now, through the church, notice that, through the church, godly connections, through the church, that the manifold what? Wisdom of God. Notice that the wisdom of God, wisdom of God should be made known. In other words, there's some things that you're not going to get until you get in a church. I, I, I say that as sincere as I can say. I guess I say it because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the church. When I was that teenager, my light had been out and God used the church to love me. And I want you to know that God wants to use the church to love you. Is, are, there, are there perfect people in churches? No. You know why I know? Because you're here. And I'm here. And we're all jacked up. Right? But we love each other. And we're family. That's what matters. And I would challenge you to go to Growth Track so that you can find your place in the family of God. Listen, 2020 is our year, of, uh, is our decade of destiny. And I want you to be a part of it. Why don't you go to Growth Track? It's on the back of your card. You can sign up. The third thing I think the wise men would say to us is this. Oh, this is so good. Choose God's word as your guide. Choose God's word as your guide. Again, going back into the story. So Herod has said, hey, he's called the, the religious people, the pastors, the preachers of that day. And, and he's called them and said, look into the Bible, find out where this child's going to be born. And they found out. It says in Bethlehem. Look what it says. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen in the east, let's read the, that part together. It's on the line. Ready? Come on. Went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Now, let's read the last part. You ready? When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Yes. See what happened? Remember, the star went out. Watch, look when the star come back on. God's light, God began to move again. Is that when they heard God's word 
and they acted on God's word, and they started making a move. They started making a move, going in the direction that God's word said to go, even though they did not see the hand of God anymore. Notice that? But when they started moving in the direction of God, all of a sudden they saw God again. You, you see what I'm talking about? Sometimes you have to do what the Bible says when you see no evidence of God. You just have to make a move on the word of God when you don't see the hand of God. And if you make your move on the Word of God, then eventually the hand of God will show up. Isn't that amazing? You know, you know what the deal is here? Is that, see, many of us, we have a problem because people's Word does not matter a whole lot today, right? I mean, when someone says, I give you my Word, you are like, yeah, right. Put it on paper right here, baby. Write it down. We want them to sign 15 documents, right? And then we want, to leave the, they, we want them to leave their firstborn with us as collateral. You see, the, we don't, we, the problem is this, is that we equate God's word with people's word. People let us down, but God doesn't let us down. And so just because, you're, just because your father lets you down, sometimes we think that God's going to let us down. Just because your mother lets you down, we think God's going to let us down. Just because your spouse lets you down, we think God's going to let us down. Because someone in your life who had authority over you let you down, then we don't trust God because we think God's word and their word is the same. No, 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 no. God's word is eternal. It's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And you can trust God's word. You can trust God's word. I would say this to you. The wise man were wise enough to trust the Word of God when they could not see the hand of God. And wise people still trust the Word of God when they do not see the evidence of the hand of God. Wise people. You see, people that aren't wise, all of a sudden they give up on God and they go try everybody else's way and they get in a big mess. But wise people trust the hand of God or trust the Word of God when they can't see the the hand of God. And I would challenge you, Trust the Word of God. Look what the Bible says here. Psalms 119, 105. I want you to just shout out those first two words. You ready to this underline? Let's do it. One, two, three. Your Word. Your Word. God's Word. Not my Word, but your Word, God. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. That is so true. God's Word will lead you when everyone else deceives you. Did you hear that? God's word will lead you when everyone else is deceiving you. He'll lead you. God's word leads you. I got a question for you. Whose word are you going to base your life on? If you're not going to base your life on God's word, then whose word? Whose word? Oh, you're waiting on the next, you know, Hollywood actor to come out, and, and they're so popular, and they're so great. Everybody's following them right now. You know what? You say, well, I'm just going to follow their word. Who is, is it? The, who is it? Who's the next superstar? You say, well, I'll just follow them. Well, let me tell you something. They're looking for what you're looking for, and it is only God's word that leads. It's eternal. Listen, people come. And people go, but God's word is here forevermore. Amen? Amen. I see people all the time. You know, it's amazing how you can see people on the music charts. Oh, boy, they're doing good. They'll be way up here, like they're number one on the charts. Oh, give it a few, few weeks or years. All of a sudden, you know, who was that? We don't even remember them anymore, right? It's the same with actors and all of that stuff. 
but God is still the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, number four, would you write this down? The fourth thing that I think that they would say to us is this, is state your faith in Jesus. State your faith in Jesus. State it. Make it known. Here we go. So we see that the, these wise men started on this journey. They started following the star. They got to close to Jerusalem. The star went out. And then all of a sudden, Herod calls again to these preachers, and they say, hey, well, you know what? God, makes them, God make, lets these wise men make a godly connection that they can go a godly direction. And then they get, take the instructions of the Word of God. And they said, well, the Bible says he's going to be born in, in Bethlehem, which was only eight miles away. And so as soon as they started on that journey, this, the star showed up again. And it led them now, again, now this is not when Jesus was born, because when Jesus was born, he was in, he was in a, a stable, right? Now it's been like a year later. That's a lot of people don't understand that. It's like a year later. And so now look what happens. Here we go. It says, on coming into the what? House. Okay, not in a stable anymore. On coming into the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down in what? Then they opened their treasures, presented to him with, with the gifts of gold and of incense, which is like frankincense, and myrrh. So what, why did they do that? Why did they, why did they give him gifts? Why did they bow down? Because they realized that they knew that somehow this child was going to change everything. They knew that this child was going to change everything. Let me just say this. That's why we're doing a manger offering next week. You know why? Because we believe that our children can change everything. Amen? Amen. We believe in our children. They, a child can change everything. Every great person has to be born, right? And they change everything. Now, look what happened. So they went in, and when they, when they went into the house, they saw that it was Jesus. And so they found Jesus. They found Jesus physically, but they also found Jesus spiritually. They found Jesus, but they really found Jesus. Matter of fact, they found Jesus, but really Jesus found them. They, they've been on this search to find him. They, they've been on hundreds of miles. They've been long. And finally, they get into the house, and they see him, and they immediately, their heart bow, they bow down, and they worship him. They give gifts. Why? Because they found him, but when they found him, guess what? He was looking for them the whole time. God was looking for them. They found Jesus, but Jesus found them. That's what I'm trying to tell you. It's when you go in the search for Jesus and you look for Jesus, you don't have to look too hard because he's always looking for you. Today, if you're not a Christ follower, you need to be found by Jesus. And it begins with a prayer. I know this is just words on a paper until you, until you do what the wise men did when you bow your heart. When you bow your heart, you say, God, I really want you in my life then all of a sudden it changes everything. And there's a prayer in this program called the prayer to become a Christ follower. I ask you to read it and mean it and let it, this Christmas be the greatest Christmas of all for you. Here comes heaven. If that's your decision today, and you, I just ask you to check it on the back of this connection card. Say, we're praying the prayer to become a Christ follower so we can pray for you. I found Jesus when I was 15 years old. I would be, I would, you would have, I guess the world would have put me in the category of a troubled teen. That probably would have been this, my mantra before me. 
As 15, I began to, I began to read the Bible because I was told that if you want to be a Christian, you've got to read the Bible and pray. So I, I started doing that. I didn't understand a lot of it. But at 16, you know, I, I got my first public job. I'd been working since I was 14 at a little odd job, but my first public job, you know, where I was paying taxes and everything. And one of my first jobs was working at a, a printing place. And every Thursday night, I would have to drive from Monroe, Georgia, which is about an hour and a half away, drive this truck to look like a U-Haul truck with a big box on it full of papers to take them to the Atlanta uh, post office here in Hateville. And back then, it's hard to believe, but we didn't have podcasts back then. We didn't have, any, we didn't have the Internet. I know that's hard for some of you to believe. Matter of fact, if we was going to make a phone call, it had a cord attached to it. Some of you are going to have to Google that, but it's true. And so I would want to, there was just something inside of me that just wanted more of God. And so I would go to the radio dial and I would just listen to try to find a Christian station or something. And I found this AM station, all staticky, the Big Ten. They called it 1010 in Atlanta. And there was a preacher on there. His name was R.W. Schambach. His picture looks like this. He's coming up. And he would say this every time he'd preach a message. Boy, I'd be in that truck. I'd just, amen. I was just amen him, you know, 16 years old. Listening to him on that static radio station. And he'd always make this statement. He would say this. You don't have any trouble. All you need is faith in God. (laughs) And that was, I would just amen him. I never understood why he said that until recently. He's gone now. He's passed away in 2012. But someone sent me a message that he did, and he explained in that message why he started making that statement. He said he had preached a sermon in a church one time, and after, he, after the service was over, a man invited him to his home to eat. He said, listen, when someone invites a preacher to eat, you go. So he went. He said he was in Buffalo, New York. And the man got him to his home. He said, listen, before we eat, I just want to tell you my story. He says, you see, I was a guy that had it all together. said I had plenty of money in the bank. My houses were paid for. I was a guy that didn't need anything. I was good. He said, but all of a sudden, sickness come on me. He said, I got sick. I went to the hospital, and I was diagnosed with spinal meningitis. He said, as you know, when that virus takes over your body, it shuts everything down. He said, I laid in the hospital for three months. He said, it got so much, I ached so much, he said, I'd go in and out of a coma state. Finally got so bad, my organs began to shut down. They sent a priest into my room to read me my last rites, to give me my last rites. And he said, I remember I could vaguely see this priest. He said, I couldn't move. I was paralyzed from my neck down. I could not move anything. He said, the priest stood over me. He said, I remember seeing him vaguely. He had his little white collar on, and he gave me my last rites. Basically, you're dying. My family had come in and said their goodbyes. And he says, I laid there. I thought, this is it. I couldn't communicate with anybody. He said, but after everybody left, There was another person that walked into my room. He said he had a long white robe on. He said as he walked over to me, he put his his face to my ear 
And he said, you don't have any trouble. All you need is faith in God. He said, when he said that, I thought to my, he said, I couldn't move. I couldn't, he said, I thought to myself, do you know who you're talking about? I've heard my wife talking over me how that she's had to mortgage our home to pay the hospital bills. I'm broke. And I, and I said, I thought to myself, do you know, look at me. I can't even move. He said, I had all those thoughts. And all of a sudden that, that person leaned over to me one more time and said, you don't have any trouble. All you need is faith in God. He said, when he raised back up, I saw that it was Jesus himself. He said, that white robe, he said, the way I knew it was him, says, because the other priest went out the door over there. He said, he just sort of walked through the wall. He said, I thought to myself, what am I going to do? He said, I don't have any trouble. All I need is faith in God. He said, my arms hadn't moved in three months. He said, and all of a sudden, I started moving my fingers. He said, I moved my fingers, and then he said, then I was able just to begin to move my arms a little bit. He said, I started moving my legs a little bit. He said, then I decided, well, I'm, I'm going to try to get up out of this bed. He said, I raised up for the first time in three months. He said, there were IVs all in my arms. He said, I just, I just pulled those things out. He said, I, I sat up on the side of my bed. I could stand up. He said, I, I, there was a bathroom there. He said, I, I walked into the bathroom, and I looked in the mirror and seen this woolly man. He said, I decided my wife had brought all my bathroom stuff. He said, I put shaving cream on my hand. I began to shave my face. He said, and all of a sudden, a nurse walked in. She walked in. She seen my bed was empty. She turned around, saw me, and she screamed. She said, ah! He said, she looked at me and said, don't you know you're dying? You're supposed to be dead, and you're walking around. You're a dead man. He said, ma'am, I want you to know heaven came down Jesus came down and he touched my body and he's healed me when everybody had written me off as dead when the priest had let me read me my last rites and when my family said their goodbyes Jesus came down and he touched and delivered me again I want you to know that Jesus still comes down amen come on would you stand with me what miracle do you need that, that's the question I want to ask you. What miracle do you need? I don't know. I don't know what you need, but all I know is that God is still in the miracle working business. And I just challenge you on this Christmas, will you look for God? Will you just begin to, to say that phrase, here comes heaven, here comes heaven, here comes heaven. God is doing something in your situation. And today, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you today to start this Christmas off right. I want you, to, I want you today just to, be, just to think about what it is that you need. Maybe it's a financial miracle. Maybe it's a miracle in your relationship. Or maybe it's a healing. Maybe you're going through some depression. I don't know what it is, anxiety. But I want to tell you today, well, if you just, you don't have any trouble, you just need faith in God. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.